Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Movie Dicks Podcast. I'm Gabriel Chavez. And I'm Paul Schendel. Today, we blow our stack with the 1997 blockbuster disaster, or is it disaster blockbuster, Dante's <laughs> Peak. First and foremost, this is a comedy podcast. If you haven't seen this movie, I recommend that you see it personally. This is the first movie that we've mentioned that I recommend that you actually see. Watch it before you listen to avoid spoilers. If you like just listening to a shit on a bad movie, come along for the ride. That's it. Simple. Don't <laughs> fuck this up for yourself. Anyway, before I get started, I have to say that first and foremost, this movie, I actually like this movie and I haven't seen it in probably the better part of 20 years, but I actually still like it. <laughs> like, there's, I know I know why it sucks. I know why it sucks and I have plenty of notes on why it sucks. It's not going to affect my ability in order to tear this movie apart, but it's, I actually still like it, man. Like, I think it, there's yeah. a lot about this movie that still holds up, especially with the visual effects. I was like mm -hmm. actually still kind of blown away by the visual effects in this movie. Yeah, no, they're pretty good. <laughs> I, I also like it, especially when you compare it to the movie that came out the same year about the yeah. same thing, yeah. Volcano. So, yes. I think it's a much better movie than that. <laughs> And sure. one of the more grounded disaster movies, actually, that's out there. You think? Yeah, yeah, hmm. I think so. There's some uh, some ridiculousness going on, but uh, we can get into that later. All right, so let's hand it over to Pablo Francisco. <clears throat> a volcanologist arrives at a countryside town, recently named the second most desirable place to live in America, and discovers that the long dormant volcano, Dante's Peak, may wake up at any moment. That's actually not that bad of a log line like compared to the last few. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> it's a Universal Pictures release. Little trivia side note here. This movie being released in February of 1997, it has the 1990 through 1997 logo. The 1997 rebranded logo that came out later on this year in May with Steven Spielberg's god-awful movie The Lost World is a little bit different. <laughs> I think it's interesting because, you know, I don't I don't even know how I know that this was 19 97 that this logo changed but i know it somewhere in my gray matter it's stuck and i that was the first thing i noticed about this movie having rewatched it i was like wow that's like their old logo i was really fucking weirded out by it but it all came about because some investor some billionaire bought universal and wanted to rebrand it in such a way that everything with the universal theme park and the movie studio and everything had like the same logo so they came up with this new logo in May of 97. And yeah, anyway, that's just a little side trivia thing. If you're ever in a bar and you need this trivia, <laughs> there you go. You're welcome, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, so moving on. It was it was made in association with the Pacific Western Company. They're a well-known production company that died in 2002, but they did Terminator 2, The Abyss, The Relic, and the Kirsten Dunst, Michelle Williams flick called Dick which is a really fucking weird movie, side note. 
and Brian De Palma's bizarre horror film called Raising Cane. I don't know if you ever saw that, Paul, but like Brian De Palma has like a slew of really fucking bizarre movies that he's directed over the years. As many great movies that that man has done, he's done a lot of really fucking weird movies too that just don't make any goddamn sense. But I mean, if you look at his career and you weigh the pros and the cons of his career, he's actually a really shitty director because of how many bad movies he's done versus how many good movies he's done. But all that being said, this movie's most notable producer is Gail Ann Hurd. She's responsible for all sorts of classic action movies during the 90s, including such classics as Tremors, one of my personal guilty pleasures, Armageddon, and Virus. And into the 2000s, we have the terrible Eric Bana starring and Ang Lee directed Hulk, which is a fucking god-awful movie. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, as well as the awful Charlize Theron movie Aeon Flux, as well as two pretty <laughs> terrible Punisher movies. You remember Aeon Flux, dude? I remember being uninterested <laughs> in it and never watching it. I actually saw it and I am still like blown away by how fucking incomprehensible that movie is. <laughs> it's it's it really has to be seen to believe. It's like uh it's like that movie that Kurt Wimmer did with uh, Mila Jovovich, Ultraviolet. You remember that one? Oh yeah, same, that, same that was thing, right? So fucking bizarre, dude. It was like this fucking amazing like indie action director and equilibrium is bad of a movie as it is is a fucking great movie like to go from equilibrium to that with ultraviolet i was just i was so blown away that that actually happened anyway yeah she's perhaps most well known for launching james cameron's career with the 1984 movie the terminator and 1989's the abyss which once again is one of my favorite movies she also of course produced terminator 2 judgment day an all-time action classic contextually though she did also give us the 2010 now formulaic disaster of a tv show called the walking dead which has like yet another fucking spinoff that a bunch of my friends worked off they shot in virginia i don't know why (laughs) they need another spinoff i mean whatever it's It's called money game oh for sure (laughs) it's it's co-produced by jeff murphy who is probably most well known for directing young guns 2 and (laughs) under siege to dark territory oh my god i love that movie I know. I don't know why. Uh, it's so good. The only thing that you ever mentioned to me about that movie on why you like it is when they throw that guy in front of the train and he becomes like hamburger meat. That's like the only thing that you ever told me to like about no, that movie. Some classic lines there. Uh, the the last notable producer is Joseph Singer, who produced the rather great Courage Under Fire as well as the terrible Bruce Willis flick, Mercury Rising. It's like a thriller. Yeah, about the autistic kid that like learns some know. secrets and he has to like fucking protect him from the NSA. Uh, yeah, Vaguely. It's bad. It's like that and Hudson Hawk were within two the- years of each other. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what was the other one that came out like almost the same time as Mercury Rising, but it was like, deep sea rising or something like that where there's like a a monster coming out of the ocean killing people i don't remember i always got those confused (laughs) i don't know that one actually not off the top of my head Uh, but to go back 
This movie stars Pierce Brosnan, a.k.a. James Bond the sixth, after Timothy Dalton left the role with License to Kill. Speaking of Bond, Bronson made $4 million for his first Bond flick, GoldenEye, in 1995, and left the franchise with the 2002 movie Die Another Day opposite Halle Berry with a $16.5 million <laughs> oh, payday. Nice. It's not bad, yeah. dude. 400% uptick. But wait a second, you're going to trip about this. This, of course, pales in comparison to Daniel Craig's payday increase from Casino Royale with $3.4 million to 2015 Spectre paying him a whopping $39 million. Oh, my God. God damn. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the system. obviously, there's back points in there. There's no way that he has a $39 million quote. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just not fucking possible that his agent actually convinced that. I mean, Spectre <laughs> was like a $300, $300 million movie, and the new James Bond movie was like 350 is what I was reading. $350 million, dude. <laughs> fucking carrie joji fukunaga is directing the new one and i am i can't wait dude that was going to be my birthday present to myself it was going to come out the day after my birthday then they pushed yeah. it because of coronavirus but yeah. like carrie joji fukunaga if you don't know who he is you should know who he is because he directed the first season of true detective which is one of the best fucking directed things of any medium whether it's film or tv or anything and on top of that he did the excellent netflix movie called beasts of no nation which is also a great film and little known fact he actually was gonna do it like when they were trying to revamp it oh yeah and, yeah. and his idea and they actually started filming it in new york is that they cast will poulter the kid from the revenant that like uh was the little panty waist that ended up getting fucked <laughs> over anyway yeah. he he was gonna play pennywise and I'm like, that's brilliant casting. Like that kid is amazing. He can act circles around anybody. So they cast him and they were going to do this eight episode miniseries for HBO, which they were four episodes into fucking filming this thing. And he was going to do two spinoff movies after the fucking series ended. <laughs> but it was this 200, $250 million project that HBO had undertaken along with Warner Brothers Television. And like four episodes in, the Warner Brothers execs didn't like what they saw. They said it was too fucking weird and Will, Will Poulter, they didn't think that he could play Pennywise and they fucking scrapped the project. So somewhere out there is four unfinished episodes of the It mini TV series uh, directed by Kerry Fukunaga starring Will Poulter. And I can't, I can't tell you how exciting I would, I would have thought that would have been. I thought it would have been yeah. fucking great. But whatever. You know, what do I know? I'm just a movie <laughs> fan. The kind of guy that would fucking pay to see this kind of shit. <laughs> but whatever. So to be honest though, Pierce hasn't been in many interesting movies over the years. The last thing I remember him in was 2013, The World's End. You know, the Edgar Wright third movie in the Cornetto trilogy yeah. after Hot Fuzz. But other than Bond and that, he was in a really good remake of The Thomas Crown Affair, which is like one of my guilty pleasures for sure. <laughs> I dig that movie, dude. I know it's I know it's formulaic shit. It's pretty Chris, entertaining. Yeah, I dig it. Chris, what Col about what about Mamma Mia? Um, you getting to that. <laughs> 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 but he was in the really good remake of the Thomas Crown Affair, Chris Columbus's Robin Williams classic, Mrs. Doubtfire, as well as Tim Burton's Mars Attacks, which is actually a fairly memorable role uh, from him. Yeah. And of course, The Lawn Mower Man, an absolute oh. classic, despite it being a <laughs> god-awful pile of shit. Oh, and two Mamma Mia movies, like Paul said, if that's worth anything. Not, not that I give a shit about Mamma Mia. <laughs> 
it co-stars Linda Sarah Connor Hamilton, who, other than Sarah Connor, has done a bunch of movies I've never seen or heard of. She's Sarah Connor. Like, that's it. That's all that matters. Yeah. Oh, and she was... She's, uh, a, <clears throat> she's a character oh. actress who can play Sarah Connor. Right. Oh, and uh, she was <laughs> Vicky in The Children of the Corn. I don't know if you remember her in that flick. Mm don't recall uh, it's been forever since i've seen that too but i do remember her in that but that's all that matters also never watch terminator dark fate as much as i like mackenzie davis and i want her to do well dark fate is like terminator geriatric edition to see her and arnold limp their way through that movie is actually really hard to watch dude it was like it was sort of like watching harrison ford in kingdom of the crystal skull it was like <laughs> oh dude like come on man like the guy's gonna fall down and break a hip yeah other than these two, the cast is mostly populated with small actors, including Grant Heslov, again, who's in <laughs> fucking Congo. I'm sorry, yep, dude. Yep. I'm sorry, man. Guess, guess what he plays in this in this movie? Yeah, a fucking nerd. A fucking a, scientist. A scientist. Yeah. Yep, there you go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Grant. You know, we're not picking on you if you're listening, but maybe you should pick better movies, I guess. Regardless. And the great character actor, Charles Hallahan, who is most notable playing Norris in John Carpenter's in incredible 1982 mm. horror masterpiece the thing which is one mm. of my all-time favorite that probably yeah. is my favorite horror movie of all time he's got the head that turns into the spider thing right yeah and like yeah. Fucking opens up yeah. <laughs> classic dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only other actor worth mentioning is tai ma uh, who plays the character Stan? He's one. Of, he's the Chinese researcher in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. He's an underknown Chinese actor who was in such classics as Arrival, the Coen Brothers movie, The Lady Killers, and The Farewell, which was with Aquafina, and that's a great movie as well. He has, however, been in some really bad flicks like Rush Hour Three, RoboCop Two, and a really, really <laughs> terrible movie that I actually quit because it fucking sucked called Tiger Tail, which is currently on Netflix. That is the first first movie that I've actually quit like full out fuck you I'm leaving and threw my fucking walkie across the, <laughs> the set and said I'm out of here because like the DP the DP is this cocksucker who shot a lot of second unit shit his name is Nigel Bork, and I'll cut out his name in post probably but <laughs> he he turned around to me and this key grip this key grip that I was working with who's done like a fuck ton of movies for the past 30 years but he turned around and he said like you guys fucking suck i wouldn't <laughs> hire you to key a fucking student film and i was like you know what i quit go fuck yourself <laughs> i was like you know what I, me doing that i definitely burned some bridges yeah. but like go fuck yourself like you're not gonna treat somebody with respect regardless moving on <laughs> Leslie Boheme is responsible for the script who wrote A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, as well as the Stallone flick Daylight, The Alamo with Dennis Quaid and Billy Bob Thornton, and the Taylor Lautner movie Tracers, and probably the movie that killed Emile Hirsch's career called The Darkest Hour. Roger Donaldson directs this movie. If you don't know his name, this guy directed some pretty good movies over the years, including The Bounty, which has probably one of the largest casts ever assembled, with Mel Gibson and Anthony oh, Hopkins, man. Lawrence Olivier, Daniel Day-Lewis, Bernard Hill, and fucking Liam Neeson are all in that movie, man. <laughs> classic. Yeah, no, that's a classic. Check that out. Yeah. He did Cocktail with Tom Cruise, which is an awful movie, but <laughs> the... 
the underrated movie No Way Out with Kevin Costner, Cadillac Man with Robin Williams and Tim Robbins, the bizarre sci-fi erotic thriller Species, fantastically acted political thriller 13 Days, as well as a slew of other movies. I could seriously go on about this guy because he's directed a lot of flicks that I've seen over the years, but it's not like I follow his career. That's what's weird is that I've seen a shitload of his movies, but I don't like run out and go see the new Roger Donaldson flick. You know what I mean? I was looking into his stuff. He hasn't really done anything big in a long time though. Like he kind of petered out in the 2000s. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I mean, you know he's still I mean? working, but uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Uh, this movie is 108 minutes long. It was produced for $116 million, which back in 1997 was actually huge. Like, that's a fucking gigantic budget. It was released on February 7th, 1997 at 2,761 theaters to an $18 million opening weekend. You'll remember that our lowest opening film thus far was The Core with $12 million. So eighteen million dollars is not great it was in theaters for 328 days again with the almost one year in theaters thing like dude seriously why the fuck do movies need to stay in theaters this long i don't get it oh you know that movie that came out nine months ago maybe we should go see that like what the fuck anyway it would it would go on to generate a scant 67 million dollars domestically and 111 million dollars internationally making its total cumulative worldwide release total at 178 million But as you'll remember, advertising costs often doubles the movie's production budget. So in short, Dante's peak bombed. It didn't bomb as badly as Volcano that opened three months later. (laughs) But regardless, this movie opened in the number two spot against Star Wars A New Hope with its 20th anniversary release in the number one spot, which had a $24 million weekend. It it was its fucking second week of release, dude, and it still made $24 million and set the number one spot. Like, It probably wasn't a great idea the producers to be like, oh, you know what? We know that Star Wars is coming up and they're going to re-release that for a 20th anniversary. Let's put (laughs) our movie with Pierce Brosnan, who no one gives a fuck about because he's been in one Bond movie, and stick it up against that like it, it was a really really bizarre choice on their end but whatever it doesn't matter yeah. is this the re-release the uh special edition release with all the new the job of the hut cg seat and all that if, if i remember correctly that version was the 2004 version of a new hope uh i right. don't think it was the 97 version i don't remember what he did with the 97 version but i want to say the one with the really awfully animated job of the hut is 2004 <laughs> dude the lighting on that guy is so fucking off like it's bizarre <laughs> i'm sorry so star wars a new hope is in its second week of release with 24 million ending up in the number one spot the beautician and the beast no idea what the fuck that is is in the third spot for its first week as well the classic box office smash jerry Maguire in the number four spot in its ninth week week of release and the west craven horror classic scream in its eighth week at the number five spot you know what overall this really isn't that bad of a, a lineup for 97 like dante's peak is a bad movie and i have no idea what the beautician and the beast is but like having jerry Maguire and scream in the box office at the same time like that's pretty dope dude like yeah those are good movies yeah, it's a good time to go to the theater. Right? Yeah. This opening makes Dante's Peak the 83rd opening weekend of all time for a movie in the month of February. Listen to that again. 83rd opening weekend of all time for a movie that opened oh, in February. In February. Ouch. <laughs> 2015's Will Smith 
Flick Focus sits above it, and Matt Damon's inexplicably terrible The Great Wall from 2017 <laughs> below it. Have you seen that fucking movie, dude? Like that... I saw the trailer. That was good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> that is a movie for the ages, man. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened. I think they were just trying to make a lot of money in China and kind of maybe make a little in the US. I know, man. But that, mm. that movie tanked in the United States. I don't exactly yeah. know who they were pitching that toward, to be honest. Yeah. But Dante's Peak sits as the 18th overall gross of 1997 with Nick Cage's classically bad movie Con Air above it. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> the terrible Robin Williams Disney flick Flubber below it. This is the first movie I could not find international box office market numbers for but in lieu of that i guess it's worth noting that this movie was out basically head to head with an identical movie called volcano the same year which we mentioned earlier in all honesty this is a better movie than volcano but its numbers are similar so maybe volcano flicks died in 1997 and they won't be back (laughs) I should hope so. But I'm sorry to all the fans out there who wanted to know where Johnny Quarter Slice was in this date and time. I failed you. I apologize. He's MIA, man. Yeah, he's MIA. MIA. (laughs) Dante's Peak has a 5.9 on IMDb with 78,833 votes a 43% on Metacritic and a splatty 26% on RottenTomatoes.com, but it does have a 38% audience score. So that's something. (laughs) That's a little better. (laughs) A little better. It ranks highest amongst females aged 45 Hmm. plus. I wonder if that has to do with the lead actor. Oh, (laughs) absolutely. Are you kidding me? (laughs) But it also ranks really well amongst males younger than 18 with an identical 6.3 between the two. It ranks lowest with females less than 18 with a 5.0 once again somehow 3247 people voted this as a perfect 10 on imdb dude i've noticed this over the years that people only go one of two ways it's either a one or a 10 they have no objectivity and i'm like dude if you want to call it a perfect 10 it may be a good movie and you may like it but is it really the best movie that you've ever seen or amongst the best movies you've ever seen or did you just really enjoy it you know what i mean like people lack objectivity and it's really bizarre my favorite reviews come from among others the late great pulitzer prize winner roger ebert ebert writes dante's peak is constructed about as skillfully as a disaster movie can be and there were times when I found it working for me, sort of. But hasn't this genre pretty much been played out to the point of exhaustion by now? Matt Crenson of the Associated Press writes, quote, the new movie Dante's Peak displays all the elements of the classic Hollywood disaster flick, circa 1975 Irwin Allen, with stomach-churning <laughs> dialogue to match. Lastly, the late great Gene Siskel muses, the special effects of hot running lava, a sandstorm of volcanic ash and the resulting devastation are quite impressive. Unfortunately, there are also human beings in the story and they have been supplied with some very stupid dialogue and silly motivations. <laughs> Maybe the special effects guys should have taken a shot at the screenplay. Can I recommend half of a movie? Oh. <laughs> Lastly, it's rated PG-13 for disaster-related peril and gore. I don't remember any Error. gore in this movie that would deserve that qualifier, but qualifier but am i forgetting something is that just to do with the grandma uh, i mean there's like the floating dead bodies of the teenagers like burnt and that's not gore though you know like i I mean gore to me is like somebody's kidney is hanging out (laughs) 
Maybe it's because I've seen too many movies like that. Yeah, I think so. Perception may be a little warped on yeah. what, what's appropriate. You know, side note, <laughs> side note I'll, I'll just say this. It's just popped into my head, but one of my favorite gore moment, moments of all of film history is in Hannibal when he slices the guy's gut open and throws him over the Palazzo Vecchio and his intestines fill <laughs> out. And they cut to that medium of like the fucking intestines slapping on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it's i don't know what it is about yeah. it i know it's not meant to be funny but for some reason yeah, every laugh. time i see it i laugh and i've seen that movie so many times it's yeah. fucking weird but anyway do we do we have a problem gabe i mean do both of us have problems with this i mean most likely i mean I it, it has something it? to do with like <laughs> a a maladjusted like brain you know like something psychologically wrong with you there is there is like this whole thing that like people <laughs> people if they're presented with something really horrifying they laugh and like that's yeah. definitely me and i don't know what it, it's it's like a thing you know like it's one of those right. things that people just do maybe for me is growing up and the first movies that i remember laughing at were like monty python and the holy grail where the <laughs> rabbit is decapitating people <laughs> Maybe that warped my sense of humor to the point where intestines splatting on the ground are funny to me. I don't know. I mean, or. I mean, the 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 trick is, Paul, is that you and I are perfectly well adjusted in the sense that we know when it's not funny. You know what I mean? Like, there's definitely movies that I don't laugh when there's a lot of gore flying around. But if yeah. it's if it's Lord of the Rings and Towers <laughs> and that orc like throws the intestines in the air when he's eating the other orc, I'm going to laugh. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Side note, watch all of Peter Jackson's splatter flicks from his early uh, days. Oh my God. Bad yeah. Taste is a fucking fantastic movie. Mm -hmm. But yeah. set, do yourself a favor. Just go online right now and buy Brain Dead. That is a fucking classic of a movie, man. Oh, yeah. I cannot speak highly <laughs> enough about that movie. Anyway, so Paul, John Gauchner stands at the plate. It's 1904, and this motherfucker has been hitting a 185 average with 98 fucking errors this season, causing only four hits and one walk despite him being at the plate 12 fucking times. We stand looking out onto Lakefront Stadium in the shithole that is Cleveland, Ohio, and just then we hear manager Bill Armoire yell out, for the love of Christ, Gooch, somebody please put me out of my misery. As yet again, you wind up and you pitch this motherfucker to me. All right, all right. Let's, uh, let's make a disaster movie here, okay? It's, uh, it's 1997. We need a nice summer tentpole disaster movie. Let's, okay. uh, let's, okay. uh, we'll go by the stop and shop. You know, Do you want me to just pull down some, uh, some scripts on the on the walk with on down the aisle, and we can just no, nah, no, nah, we're we're gonna just uh, we're gonna go shopping for some okay. uh, some uh, some themes here. Oh, I like okay. what you're saying. Cherry pick shit and throw it all in a basket. Yeah. All right, all right. A movie. That's great. So let's check out what they've got on the shelves here. All right, we got uh, got an asteroid movie. No one cares about those. Fuck that. All right. Well, maybe we can uh, put asteroids in the beginning, like shit falling out of the sky. Oh yeah, you know some uh, flame balls coming down. Everyone loves. Do that. Balls. I could all do right, that. Let's grab yeah. one of those. All right. Pick that up. All right. Uh, oh, volcano movie. Here oh. we go. Oh, shit. All yeah, right. Yeah. Well, like, uh, yeah, volcano movies. Uh, I think we can make this into something. You know what? I fucking heard that 20th Century Fox is making a volcano movie too. We need to oh, fucking beat them to the damn. punch. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. We got some bitches. All, all right. right. We got to move down these aisles fast. We got to throw some more shit in here quick. All right, uh, we need a, a setting. How about L.A.? Oh, shit, no. Shit, no, Fox no, is doing that, too. Yeah, volcano. Uh, let's do a picturesque small town. 
right? Okay. That's a good disaster okay. movie setting. Uh, let's so what's good here. middle America? Like, uh, let's say uh, mm-hmm. maybe some potato eaters out of right. Ohio, Idaho, maybe? Uh, yeah, Idaho, Washington, whatever. Yeah, it's good. Sure, yeah. yeah. Fuck it. Does all, it. Right, all right. All right. Uh, let's see here. We need some characters here. Oh, here's a scientist who no one believes. He's on sale. Let's pick that up uh, for a nice <laughs> price here. All right. Uh, let's see. Need some accessories. Let's okay. uh, grab a love interest slash mayor of the town slash business owner. And Wait, she... who's available right now? Let's see. Uh, you got Linda mm. Cardinelli. I don't think Linda Cardinelli's doing it. Well, you know what? Yeah. Uh, Linda Hamilton. Fuck yeah, man. Uh, we... Yeah, perfect. No, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. she hasn't been yeah, in she's... for a while. She's got that, uh, that stuff whatever oh all right now we've got to give her some uh gotta accessorize her to how about some kids yeah throw oh, two kids in there a pet, boy and a girl maybe. right yeah boy and a girl boy and okay, a girl and a dog bounce. perfect Dress yeah great. oh and you know what just to amp it up a little bit fucking mother-in-law that hates her how about that <laughs> yeah it's good great as long as uh, we can cast the weird woman that played the fucking crazy bitch in pet cemetery if we can do that that's gonna be fantastic let's throw her right, in there perfect all right now we need some like disaster scenes how about here we go here's a good deal on uh some tourists getting boiled alive and <laughs> to top it all off they're from california and they're fucking in a hot tub how about that all right yeah got that one that's all right, great. We got uh, partial nudity in that, maybe. Yeah, throw sure, partial nudity in there too. Yeah, that's great. Right, we'll try that. If they don't like it, we can edit it out. <laughs> all right. Yeah, let's see here. Let's see. Oh, grandma's a dumb bitch. Got that. <laughs> we got. All right, let's get to the action now. We got a helicopter crash. What do you think? We'll with it. Yeah, absolutely. Helicopter you got to have a helicopter crash. Earth splitting open. Yeah. Pandemonium. We got to have a mob of people crushing into each other and trampling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? Right. Is there a way that we can throw the egghead that's a fucking moron and t- city council that bitches at the experts? Can we do that? Can we have an egghead? Yeah, yeah. No, we got the we got the city council guy who cares about the economy more than the lives of the people <laughs> of the town. All right. Perfect. All right. Perfect. Just like Josh. Now, now let's see here. All right, let's get to sound effects. Oh, we'll pick up a Wilhelm scream. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Love we'll pick up a Wilhelm scream. Throw that in there. Yeah, we'll get a malfunctioning robot. Yeah, we'll sure, sure. Yeah, uh, short circuit. Uh, throw that in there. Yeah, exploding gas station. How about that? Yeah, yeah. You gotta have one of those if you're doing a summer action picture. You gotta blow something up. Yeah. All right. All right. What else can we do? What about lava flows? We can do like a massive lava flow scene where we can pitch some like maybe some fucking uh, product placement in there of some like badass new vehicle that we can throw in there. Like maybe we could get GMC in order to co-sponsor this fucking thing and put a GMC truck driving. Throw in some uh, some driving scenes. Maybe driving across a river too. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what else can we throw in here? I mean, it's I think it's shaping up to. Be a really good movie. <laughs> I dig it. About, I dig uh, it. The National Guard carrying assault rifles into a disaster zone. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, that's that great. Out. Yeah, we got to be pro-military, man. Oh, um, you know what? And final scene has to feature someone outrunning an explosion. I mean, you can't have a disaster can't, movie. Can't have a disaster running. Movie yeah. All yep. Right. I dig it. So I don't know what else we need, really. No, I think I think that sounds like we got a movie, things. man. That's great. Yeah. Can we throw Grant, by... Can we throw Grant Heslov in this movie too as a nerdy scientist that's oh, yeah. as fuck? Yeah. He's on sale. Throw... Okay, great. <laughs> And uh, maybe we'll pick up a few things from the discount bin, but I think we got a script here. All right, great, 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 great. All right, I great. think uh, we'll uh, yeah check out hundred million bucks, hundred and twenty-five. Yeah, that's yeah. Not great. Okay, great. Yeah, fuck it. Right. As long as you make right. five hundred million on this movie, nothing can go wrong. <laughs>
All right. All right. So anyway, Paul. So first things first. You know, as as much of this um, as much of this movie that I really really like, how the effects have actually still held up over the last twenty three years. The first opening shot of the miniature mountain with the stack blowing at the beginning, before they get to like the weird scene at the beginning, it looks fake as fuck, dude. Like it looks so bad. That looks like some 1970s disaster movie flick, like The Towering Inferno. As much as, <laughs> you know, I was just about to say, as much as I don't want to shit on OJ Simpson, but you know what? Fuck OJ Simpson, dude. Like the towering, <laughs> the towering Inferno is one of those really, really weird movies that I just don't understand, like, why that movie actually existed, let alone that it needed to be two hours and 45 minutes long. <laughs> How the fuck did that happen? Uh... Regardless. But, you know, we had mentioned again, like, Grant Heslov being in this movie again. I, I don't get Grant Heslov's career, man. Like, Grant Heslov, as much as he's become, like, this really, really good writer with, like, George Clooney and doing Good Night and Good Luck and all the other fucking movies that they've done together, like, Grant Heslov is an actor. I, I don't know how George came across him as a writer, you know what I mean? Like, to be like, oh, that guy, yeah, that was in fucking Dante's Peak. So, <clears throat> there's actually a story that... Grant Hesloff helped George Clooney out by giving him a hundred bucks to get some headshots done when he was first <laughs> starting out. So they actually go way back, apparently. Wow, I didn't I There's didn't actually I, I knew that they had known each other for a long time. I didn't know that that was the connection though. Like, but still, you know, like having <laughs> Having that guy like be your writing partner, who the fuck could have pitched that? You know, like, but you know, kudos to them, dude. Seriously, they're Oscar nominated fucking writers. So the hell with it. But this movie, I want to bring this up because I was quoting Roger Ebert, but this movie opens with the obligatory unrelated opening crisis. And Roger Ebert defined this in his book, Ebert's Little Movie Glossary, as quote, in an action movie, the spectacular title sequence that never has anything to do with the rest of the story. <laughs> It involves a close call the hero had four years earlier on the site of another volcano and the emotional <laughs> trauma he suffered there, which can only be repair repaired this time around. Like, yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> Ebert, one of the things that I loved about Ebert. motivation. Yeah. One of the things that I loved about Ebert is that he could take the best movies and distill them down to these like interesting diatribes on like basic filmmaking. And I really, really like that about him as a as a fucking critic. He didn't he didn't go off the deep on end on being super like pretentious about his writing or anything like that. You know, but I mean maybe that's why he won the Pulitzer. But I will say that I am on the complete opposite end of him when it comes to the movie Kick Ass. Like Kick Ass is a dope fucking movie. <laughs> And for him for him to sit there and like bitch about it's glorifying of violence and i'm like dude you are a tarantino fan for christ's sake <laughs> if anything like tarantino is the king of glorified violence just for the sake of glorified violence like <laughs> i don't get it yeah. with him sometimes it's like jesus christ ebert but you know i mean that's not to denigrate the dead because he's one of the few people in hollywood that have died that i'm just like you know what he's one of those people that i actually miss there's only a few of them in hollywood most of them like you know eh, you know i mean I, I i get that you know they did this that and the other whatever i get their place in history but ebert's one of the few that i genuinely
genuinely miss him, dude. I actually used to look forward every Sunday to watching his fucking show and like listening to his reviews between him and Siskel. I was one of those guys that watched that shit. And then I would read it as I got into college and whatnot. And when he died, I I can't tell you, I was actually heartbroken that my favorite movie critic died. It's fucking... Nah, he had a way with words. He could shit on a movie with the best of them, let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah, he could. So, Paul, there are literally acres of falling, flaming earth coming down in the opening scene. And Marion, when he storms into the building and says, Marion, we have to go, blah, 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 blah. He grabs her and starts dragging her out. And she immediately starts, like, clawing her way back to the monitor. He's like, <laughs> oh, wait, wait, no, look at the readings. And I'm like, the readings? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, At least they sort of fixed that in the second half of the movie with that one researcher being like, to hell with the computer monitors. Why would you look at the computer monitors when you could go outside and look at it? Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, at least they <laughs> fixed that, you know? <laughs> But still, when so I got a question for you. Seriously, this is this is a physics question. But if Marion got hit by a ejecta falling fast enough to pierce through the roof of the truck, wouldn't her head explode like a la Dawn of the Dead when they burst through the fucking door and they shoot that guy and they have the shotgun? I'm talking about the 78 version, not the yeah. Zack Snyder remake. But like they burst through the door and there's that black guy standing there and they shot him in the head and like his head fucking explodes into a thousand pieces. <laughs> I feel like that's what would happen if uh, Becca <laughs> came hammering through the ceiling. But you know, maybe maybe it depends I'm wrong. on uh, depends on how big the piece was and how much of the impact the roof absorbed before hitting her in the top of the skull. So I mean, it it, it is it, still uh, terminal velocity. It's not like you know, unless they were yeah. standing above the volcano and it shot up towards her, that would be the yeah. only time that it would be faster in terminal velocity. But I don't know. I mean, I still think in order to split through the cab of the roof, like she might have a crushed head at least, not like that little bit of blood running down the end. Yeah, no, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> can't tell you what it's made out of could be made out of super volcano stuff that uh you know pierced through metal steel whatever everything right. you know, it's fine so the next scene we see harry doing push-ups right and he's doing these push-ups and it like it cuts from his answering machine that they're trying to get a hold of him and he's obviously not giving a shit about the answering machine but harry's push-ups aren't that impressive for a bond man you know what i mean like <laughs> this dude I, okay, so this is this is a huge problem with Hollywood, but it's also sort of something that I appreciate is that like action stars these days are like ripped, you know, like they're fucking, there's not an ounce of fat on them and shit. But at the same time, it like it sets a, a unachievable like body image for most men in America. And this right. goes back to like Aaron Eckhart in The Core and Marky Mark <laughs> in The Fucking Happening. You know, like it's it's things like this, but at the same time, like Jared Butler and the entire cast of 300, like that's fucking nuts, those guys, man. But I, I yeah. get it for that movie, you know what I mean? Right. But like this movie, this is just that classically handsome movie man that is not really in shape, but is supposed to be in shape, like James Cagney or Jimmy Stewart <laughs> or Spencer Tracy. Remember, yeah. I can't remember what movie it is, but like Cary Grant like takes off his shirt in order to fight somebody, and he has no muscle tone. <laughs> <laughs> he puts up his fist and the other guys are like getting scared of him. I'm like, why? Like, look at the guy, man. Like, <laughs> the 
guy doesn't look like he could lift a loaf of bread, but you know, you're scared of him and you're backing away like he's gonna beat the living shit out of you. But I, I think that it's I think that Pierce like ended up in this weird situation like that that as a bond man, and I don't know what the point of having him do the push-ups is exactly. Because it's like he's a fucking volcanologist, you know what I mean? It's not like he's gonna be like massively ripped and him doing push-ups like informs us somehow on his character like <laughs> some super intense guy that's like getting into fights just so he can feel the pain you know what i mean or something like that it doesn't make any fucking sense nope, they just left it in there to get him a little sweaty is all yeah just for the ladies i guess i mean but his push-ups are unimpressive dude you see yeah. him doing it and it's like i can see he's doing push-ups from his knees he's not doing real push-ups <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look like he's doing yeah, real push-ups. Not, his form is all wrong. His, his form's elbows wrong. aren't bending. Yeah, 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 fucking yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but regardless, he's supposed to be a workaholic, right? Like he's supposed to be a workaholic, but he shows up after everyone is already deep into their day working. Like what the fuck exactly is he doing that he's supposed to be a workaholic that's not answering his phone, that everybody jokes like, you can take a vacation, man. You know, but it's like, he's not doing anything. He just like shows up on this consultation thing. Besides the fact that he's showing up as a consultant, you know what I mean? Like, and later on, uh, Paul, the dude, his like superior or whatever that doesn't listen to reason is like, oh, well, you're my best man, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, how is he your best man? Like, he's a fucking consultant. You said on you, like the first time we see him with you, you say, oh, I'm sorry to pull you in on this. He's not your fucking employee. You know what I mean? I mean, works for the USGS, but he consults like towns or governments or whatever the fuck but doesn't doesn't that guy paul work for the usgs too it's like yeah they all work for the usgs so so fucking pierce brosnan could just go jerk off doing push-ups and not answering his like answering machine (laughs) he's a field guy man he goes out in the field does push-ups climbs rocks (laughs) and shit drives big trucks he's an everyday man yeah. So speaking of big trucks, I don't care if it's a gas guzzler, dude. The Suburban is fucking dope as fuck. Like, <laughs> seriously. Like, I remember seeing this movie and like being really into the trucks that were in it. You know, like I'm yeah. fucking, I'm fucking 10 years old. I'm seeing this in the theater and like the fucking trucks in this movie are pretty goddamn dope, dude. Like, I'm totally into it. Yeah. <laughs> now I've always wanted a snorkel on my. Yeah whatever truck I owned yeah. or my Jeep or whatever, because of this movie. Mm-hmm. It's the only, the only movie that uh, features a snorkel Dude, truck. I, I, I wanted to get to it later, but I'll get to it now. Is that like the way that the Hummers are portrayed in this movie after this movie, as a 10 year old kid, I literally wrote Hummers address in order to request a catalog. That way I could look <laughs> through it. Like it's a fucking playboy or something. <laughs> it was dope man like they sent out this great catalog this is back when u.s general actually owned hummer before they sold it to gm yeah like uh the the catalog was thick it was like i don't know 65 pages or whatever these full color ads they even had like almost this like centerfold bullshit with the truck (laughs) but I learned I learned that you could get an eight liter V10 fucking diesel turbo diesel engine in those motherfuckers, dude. Like that would have been dope. And I learned all about the central tire inflation system and the pop up snorkel and all the other shit that the Hummer has. That that vehicle, I'm not joking. Right now, it's like almost like I'm getting wood, dude. Like that truck, that truck is dope. It's still dope. Moving on. So one of the, one of the biggest problems that I have with this movie. <laughs> 
uh, as a, as like knowing the filmmaking language later on in life is that this movie loves Dutch angles. And oh like, yeah, it was like I, the first thing I noticed about this movie. I'm like, God damn, I Dutch angles! Dutch what angles. The fuck? You know, it works for Terry Gilliam, who has like been doing them his entire life, and yeah. like every movie that he does, and it doesn't need to be a dramatic moment. It's a stylistic moment for him. He turns shit Dutch. If you don't know what a Dutch angle is, I'm sure it's derogatory. If someone actually knows why it's derogatory toward Dutch people, let me know in the comments because I don't know why this is derogatory, but I know that when you call a fucking group of people in on the film industry as like a device or something like that, it's usually derogatory. <laughs> but the Dutch angle, if you don't know what it is, it's when they tilt the camera left or right, so it's at an angle to everything else, and they do it constantly in this movie. So, Paul, seriously, what happened to Linda Hamilton, bro? Like, I saw her in the new uh, Terminator yeah. flick, but other than that, like, I I don't remember when was the last time that I saw her, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, have no idea. Outside of the Terminator movie franchise, I mean, she hasn't done too much, right? And I mean, other I, I think I know she's just in Terminator. That's it. Yeah. I think she just got stuck in that, you know, what's the word? shithole of uh being stuck and portrayed as one type of character and i mean like she she plays i mean she's pretty good in terminator but then the way she right. like got so cut for terminator 2 right and she's just so memorable in that movie that it's <laughs> she's kind of turned herself into luke skywalker type right yeah I mean, that's, that's an excellent point got but the, stuck in that the 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 difference Purgatory. is that Mark Hamill is like this prolific voice actor. You know, he's been yeah. playing the Joker for God knows how long and how many fucking animated Batman things. Yeah. But it's like, I, I mean, everybody looks at Mark Hamill and they're like, oh yeah, he his career was killed by Star Wars because everybody expected him to be Luke Skywalker. But like the only person that made it out alive was Harrison Ford. But at the <laughs> same time, I'm like, not really. Like Mark Hamill's made made a respectable living like with voiceover shit for real. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, he's he's a good actor, but he just can't show his face. Otherwise, you're like, oh yeah, Luke Skywalker. Is he Luke Skywalker have a cameo in this movie? What? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's more of George Lucas's fault than anybody else's fault yeah. because George Lucas kills careers of actors for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, the Pioneer Days Festival in this movie. I'll mm -hmm. just say straight out, you know that I'm an eighth Navajo. Pioneer Days Festivals <laughs> celebrate white supremacy and the murder of native americans like um, it is it's one of those things that like celebrates <laughs> the american spirit oh dude. sure yeah Hand you know dude what attitude. Tell, me, tell me how the american spirit accepted or like fucking helped out the normal working man with the homestead act you know what i mean like the homestead <laughs> act was the single largest fucking wealth distribution in this country's history toward white americans like the Homestead Act, if you don't know what it is, look it up because that is some mind-blowing shit, like for real. You know, the only pioneers that I want to celebrate, Paul, is the fucking, the Donner Party. Because the Donner <laughs> Party, <laughs> I'll tell you why. The Donner Party, the Donner Party, when I, every time I read about them or I see some movie that's based on them, it doesn't matter how bad the movie is or the fucking book I'm reading or whatever. Like, I'm still fascinated by the Donner Party. Like, that oh, is man. one of those that's moments of gravity in like American culture that we should really make like a for real movie about you know what I mean that's yeah. some bullshit like three million dollar horror flick that's sort of based on it <laughs> yeah. should make a real 
thirty million dollar oh, fucking all out horror flick on that shit. I would I would pay to no. see that. It's a really great PBS documentary, probably from either 90s or maybe 2000s about the Donner Party. Uh, I would, uh, it's either the American experience or. Uh, oh, most likely is the American yeah. experience. But man, that documentary like had my skin crawling and just yeah, like the scenes and the reenactments that they did for that. Oh, yeah. It just, it was pretty great. <laughs> Have you? I always seen- wanted to go snowshoeing on Donner Pass when I lived in <laughs> California, just, just for some like, you know, for the experience of doing it, but I never right. got out there. Have you ever seen the uh, the Pierce, or I'm sorry, the uh, the Guy Pierce flick called Ravenous with him and uh, oh fuck Tim Roth? No, not Tim Roth. Robert Carlyle. Robert Carlyle. Dude, that is a weird movie. It's like a black comedy, but sort of based on the Donner Party. But it's just fucking bizarre, man. Like, there's mm. no words that I can actually <laughs> use to describe that movie. But you got to check it out if you haven't seen Ravenous. Check that out. But moving back to this movie. <laughs> Flash boiling, <laughs> flash boiling LA te- teens is always awesome. Like that, yeah. that scene where they're like making out and they do that quick tilt down in the water and you see the lava coming up from the fucking ground. I, dude, I can't tell you how much I uh, like this movie, man. Like, there's so much uh, in this movie that's dope, even though it's so yeah. bad. I mean, it seems unlikely that they would immediately die from that. But it could have been that it released a a cloud of carbon dioxide that they passed out and suffocated. Then the the hot springs slowly boiled them to death. That's some good soup, man. Like I mean, on that shit. This true story about this guy from Oregon, and he always wanted to go visit Yellowstone and take a dip in one of the hot springs. And he had this idea for years and he's like telling his girlfriend like how he wanted to do it and they were going to do this road trip. And she's like, that's not a good idea. That's stupid, man. (laughs) But anyways, they go to Yellowstone and he like jumps in the first hot spring that he sees, which is one of the most acidic and one of the hottest (laughs) hot springs they have. And he immediately died and his body was boiled to nothing and they never recovered his body. Really? Like Like bones and everything? Well, they and they never found the bones. Yeah, it's like wow. extremely acidic pool of yeah sulfuric acid. That's pretty so, yeah, intense, just, man. Yeah, and it was almost it's like almost at the boiling point. So yeah, so, it just dissolved everything that was. Remind, there. <laughs> remind me on my chemistry here for a second. Like uh-huh. sulfuric sulfuric acid can eat organic material like flesh, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's been so long since I played with sulfuric acid or learned about sulfuric acid. I really don't remember. I just remember that like hydrofluoric acid (laughs) is one of the most dangerous acids out there because it eats your bones out from inside your body. It doesn't actually eat the flesh. Volcanic volcanic gas. They have these like references to the lake being acidified and everything like that (laughs) in a couple places in the movie, and that does happen like with volcanic lakes and stuff. Right, but it takes a while. But you could get sulfuric acid, hydrochloric acid, and uh, oh. carbonic acid in the lake and turn it into a nice, nasty soup. That's a good soup. That, uh, can do some <laughs> chemical burns and everything like that. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, Paul, what, what do you think the chances are that a handsome volcanologist and a beautiful mayor just happen to be both single at the same time and going to be working in close proximity together? This is a huge problem that I have with this movie, actually. It's like... 
<laughs> later on, they reveal that they are driving a U.S. Forest Service vehicle after they rescue Grandma later on, which we'll talk about. But like, I just keep thinking to myself, like, where the fuck is the Forest Service? Like, this mayor who is a mayor number one, number two is a deli owner, number three is a single mom, and somehow she's the person that's supposed to show him around the fucking volcanic sites in the fucking city i don't know i mean <laughs> i guess you would just have to talk to the mayor of the town he has these suspicions of uh, you know needing to evacuate the town and everything like that you got to get the mayor on board and but she fucking takes him around on a tour. That's what I don't understand. She takes the kids and introduces him to her fucking <laughs> ex-mother-in-law and all this other shit. It's it's so fucking convenient. But I I have to ask, man, did they cast the kid who played Graham specifically because he looked like Edward Furlong and people could accept him as her son instantaneously? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Because he yeah, he so. looks a lot like Edward Furlong. And yeah. I'm just like, okay. I, that I, or young George Jordan or Gordon Levitt. Either one okay. of them. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see that. But, yeah, I'm fucking... Uh-huh. You know, that kid, he's actually from Albuquerque. That kid? Yeah. No way. Uh, I know, right? Uh, he didn't do anything. In People come from Albuquerque. We got Freddie Prince Jr. and that kid. No, 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 no. We have a lot more. We have, oh, we have Freddie sure. Prince Jr. We have Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick <sighs> oh, Harris is my from God. Albuquerque. That's, that's like A-list right there. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> All right, hang on. I'm going to blow your mind here for a second. Jeff Bezos is from fucking Albuquerque, dude. What? Yeah, I'm not joking huh. you. Jeff Bezos is from Albuquerque. But you move on past him <laughs> and uh, the kid who plays, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, that's his name. The guy who plays Mitchell on Modern Family. He's from Albuquerque. And I think that the number one one that I actually claim, even though he's kind of hit and miss for me, is that Mike fucking Judge is from Albuquerque. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we got crazy. we got a few, man. Like, that's cool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so why is grandma so standoffish to Harry being there? She's like immediately telling him to get the fuck out of there and fuck off and I'm like, okay, it's not like it's not like his presence is a bad thing or like fucks up her neighborhood, you know what I mean? Like a a uh, member of the US Geological I think Society Grandma's just a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She's a dumb bitch. <laughs> And I'm glad, I was really <laughs> glad to see her die and be burned to death, honestly. <laughs> so. All right, so Paul, for real though, what, what was the first time that you saw this flick? I, I'm just wondering. Oh, when I was a kid, probably. On did you see it in theaters? Cable, or did you see it on nah, theaters? probably on cable when, like, after it came out. Like, okay. Yeah, I was only... <laughs> So now yeah, I have fond memories of this movie as a kid too. Yeah, I enjoyed this a lot. I did too. I, yeah. I still like it. I still yeah, I feel like it's uh it's realistic enough about the the volcanology and everything to be passable. Yeah. Especially when you yeah, compared to other disaster movies that are just <laughs> off the walls bonkers i mean there's some really AKA fucking big stretch yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some really big stretches in this movie but you want to talk about like bad disaster movies man like 2012 is one of the most <laughs> egregious piles of shit <laughs> that's that's a really bad one oh, man 2012 though it takes every disaster and incorporates it into that movie you know there's like <laughs> You got meteor strikes and volcanoes, earth-shattering earthquakes, tsunamis. They just It's like yeah. the end-all of disaster movies. It's a grab bag for sure. <laughs> 
so grandma grandma taking them to the hot spring she says you know like a lot of couples come up here for a hot dip or some hot nookie hot nookie and i'm like oh man I just thought to myself, like, I'd really like to travel back in time to see how Grandma Ruth talked dirty back in her day. I want, <laughs> I want to be there for that shit. Like when she's like some horny nineteen-year-old girl, <laughs> see how she talked. Because I think, I mean, this is this is definitely a difference in the times. But like, if a woman told me, in especially like a young woman, like in her nineteen, twenty-year-old, said that she wanted some hot nookie, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I would just go completely limp at that point i don't think that i could do it <laughs> it's it's one of those like movie cliches that she's like supposed to be like edgy or like whatever but the the line itself is so awful that you're just like oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's some good lines in this movie so yeah. uh, good acting too some real yeah. cookers yeah yeah no yeah the grandma has some pretty bad scenes associated with her uh yeah yeah she does death her death scene is especially horrendous honestly <laughs> but to me i just hated her so much that yeah. i was glad there she's that, dead and that's a really hard moment that's a really hard moment we'll get to that later but like i had a real hard problem with that because like it's such a horrifying scene and idea and her sacrifice is so significant but at the same time i have no fucking sympathy for her <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's move on for a second so the the sulfur cloud is so thick at the hot springs that they can't see the bodies when they happen upon them but they're able to stand next to it and <laughs> breathe normally somehow like if it's if it really is like the sulfur cloud or the sulfur dioxide or whatever that is cause that caused those fucking people to pass out and get boiled alive it's highly unlikely that these people could stand this close to this yeah, no. thing they would die not <laughs> pass out on their own <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, they they kind of fucked up with the special effects there. Just yeah. uh, <laughs> they used the uh, standard dry ice in the water to create the the smoke cloud. Oh, that, that no 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 this steam. this is even worse for a second. So in the movie business, what they use for smoke is that they used to use these smoke machines that would use this uh, this chemical that it was called liquid smoke, and like this chemical would actually cause bronchitis. Like on the oh, side nice. of the fucking thing, it said in inhalation of this fucking chemical can cause bronchitis and it was a big thing for a while so they switched over to using this like sugar like slash glucose thing in order to cause it but it actually causes a wicked cough as well because when you aerate a sugar like glucose it gets stuck in your alveoli and you start coughing horribly and <laughs> I don't I don't know why they can't get this right but like the way that they do smoke and in, in some movies in other countries that they actually melt beeswax and beeswax puts off like a a tremendous amount of smoke and i don't know why they haven't adopted that here in the hmm. united states but literally every movie that i've ever worked on they're like oh yeah let's smoke it up let's get some atmosphere in here you know get the haze going yeah and like i carry a mask in my bag so that way i can put it over my face because i know that me having chronic bronchitis i'm gonna cough like a motherfucker and i'm gonna be useless on set yeah and it's like a real problem in this industry that i don't know why somebody hasn't figured this out yet so this was going into our pitch paul but why is there always an egghead at a city council meeting that has to shit on the expert like he's trying to put a 12 lane highway through the fucking town <laughs> that that guy that played the egghead in this movie is so over the top like so over the top he almost yeah. kills the movie in all honesty like that no he's gonna 
He's got a big problem with, uh, you know, the government telling him what to do and everything like that. You can't, Maybe he's just a really, really strong him. libertarian and he wants states' yeah. rights to still be a thing. <laughs> I mean, okay, so they do mention this place called Mammoth Lake in California. Mm-hmm. And there was this thing in 1980 where uh, the USGS saw a bunch of activity at Mammoth Lake, which is a dormant volcano. And they were in the process of kind of coming up with a plan as to what to do in the future. But the uh, Los Angeles Times got a hold of this information and put it out there that the mountain was going to blow up. (laughs) And the USGS was like getting ready for that. And so the whole town just went batshit crazy. And (laughs) their whole economy was based on tourism. No one came. And so the town basically died because (laughs) of this fuck up. I don't so think, that's a real incident. Right. I, I haven't been to Mammoth Lake. Is it still around or is, is it actually dead? Like, you know, there's some holdouts and that's it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. There's probably, I mean, well, now it's dead again for sure. But uh, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, now it's a real thing. And so the way they portray that they don't really know if the volcano is going to blow or not. I mean, Pierce Brosnan has his ideas, but his motivations are that... Uh, you know, based on his his past love interest <laughs> died because of not acting fast enough and right. all that bullshit. Right. So I mean, it's the real thing is that with most science, the answers aren't clear or there at all, you know, and so you have to make a judgment call. Volcanology, volcanology, and geology. I don't, I don't envy those guys at all because they they have to make predictions on shit that is in timelines of millions of years <laughs> yeah. and to be like oh well you know i mean for instance socorro new mexico is sitting on a giant pyroclastic chamber that is over five thousand years overdue for a fucking explosion you know what i mean and it's one of those things that they're like well we don't know why it's blown but we haven't we it hasn't blown but we don't we haven't seen any real activity from it. We don't know why, but like maybe we should think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Not that it would be a bad thing if Socorro, New Mexico got blown the fuck, but you know, at least, (laughs) at least that goddamn, at least that goddamn (laughs) shitty restaurant El Camino could finally be shut down for Christ's sake. God damn, that place sucked. But, yeah, it's kind of a losing game telling people that uh, warning them that there's some imminent disaster that will inconvenience them, aka coronavirus or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> speaking of that, Paul, this movie is true to life. People's safety comes second to making money because, oh, you know, I mean, if, if we test more, it's going to show more cases that are positive. So, we shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. So, that way we can reopen the economy. This, this movie is so prophetic in that way for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the mayor the mayor runs a deli as well right like linda hamilton's character runs mm-hmm. a deli as well and she's constantly bringing coffee to the researchers and blah 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 and i get that a lot of this has to do with the fact that she wants to be around pierce brosnan but like this is just sad man like the mayor has to be a fucking coffee fucking you know dealer Everyone. at the same time yeah i mean she's what pushing she's at least 35 maybe pushing 40 in this movie yeah. i mean pierce brosnan doesn't come around a lot to this town <laughs> so she's got to go all in and bring yeah. as much coffee as she can yeah that's true i mean some of the supporting males that are from the town i'm like god damn that guy looks like a fucking rapist you know (laughs) (laughs) not great Uh, not great at all 
But I figured you would like bring up the fact that there are no black people in the cast. Oh yeah, you know uh, I'm gonna get to that. It is actually <laughs> it's representative of a small town in you know, Washington. For, for real just, though, man. I mean, it's realistic. Paul, one of my one of my big problems in this movie is the heli pilot, right? Like the heli pilot in the middle of the fucking caldera. He's in the middle of flying, and he talks about that he's going into OT if he misses his lunch break. I'm like, what's he gonna do? Seriously, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna land the fucking thing in the middle of the caldera and go out and eat rocks in the area? Like, what the fuck is the point of him saying that? Part of a disaster flick. Is is showing me that the people in this town are like, you know, simple enough or nice enough that you want to save them, that you empathize with the town. But everybody in this fucking movie is a dickhead. And I'm just like, you know what? If Dante's Peak fucking blows, as long as fucking Pierce Brosnan is able to get his slam piece off of the mountain, <laughs> that's all I care about. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everything else, everybody else can go fuck themselves. Well, they basically do. I mean, they uh, drive into the water randomly and get crushed <laughs> by falling signs. And you got the obligatory random car crashing into a parked car kind of scene. You know, the now, number- I love how I love how the the movie portrays people in a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> just so <laughs> stupid. Like you know, the number one thing that this movie does good for me is that the practical effects in this movie are great, dude. Like the visual yeah. effects aren't that great in this movie, but the practical effects are fucking top notch. Still to this yeah, day, no, they still hold up. Yeah, <laughs> most of them do. I even like. I mean, some of it you can tell is miniature but yeah. a lot of it looks like just real and you can't tell did I they mean, cg that or dude, is that just the dam real? the dam at the end that overflows yeah. it took the production step or it took the uh the construction and art department staff four months to build that fucking dam <laughs> i'm like that's nice. that's pretty dope man like yeah, that they actually did that this is no the- i mean like the the pyrocrast pyroclastic flow at the end looks yeah. if you've seen like footage of a real one it looks exactly yeah. the same it looks like, great they, man uh, you know yeah. like, it really does moving on so real question paul would <laughs> they be able to get sulfur dioxide emissions while in a helicopter it seems like the downwash of the blades might prevent accurate readings of that shit i mean you can use a spectrometer that just uh will read the light and i mean you put a lens on that spectrometer and you can use it like a telescope and you can get <laughs> uh sulfur dioxide readings from miles away so yeah it's it's possible it's but very, these, and, these guys were using fact, some i think sort of that's like how snifter bullshit because like you saw that little probe sitting outside and they use like the little almost like vu meter like the needle yeah no, just, i don't know like, i don't remember what they were using but <laughs> most there's spectrometers that take the gas inside and analyze it in a chamber and then there's ones that can use sunlight and kind of like a just as a background or laser even i'm not sure but uh it's real enough it's fine it's fine just <laughs> it just seemed counterintuitive yeah. to like fly a helicopter over a gaseous yeah. source that you're trying to read yeah. i mean i think the worst like science thing that they do in this movie is where they take the robot to the edge of the caldera <laughs> for whatever reason 
And it's this huge dramatic scene. And <laughs> if you watch it without the move, like the, the music, you're like, oh yeah, he's climbing down the side of the caldera. Right. No big deal, whatever. Right. But the music in the background is like pumping it up to right. this huge dramatic tension and everything like that. And dude, it's like, why would you take this robot down the side <laughs> of the caldera when you just flew a helicopter there anyways? It doesn't do anything. <laughs> the, uh, the composer on this movie's name is John Frizzelli. And I wanted to get to this later, but John Frizzelli fucks up this score like royally like he is constantly overdoing it on this score there's a there's a fine art in like action filmmaking with the score that like you do a movie like i hate to keep bringing it up but like mad max fury road with tom hulkenberg right like mm -hmm. tom hulkenberg's score on that is dope as fuck yeah and like it never overtakes it it always feels <laughs> like it's complimentary to it but yeah. this there's like these ridiculous string motifs that overtake shit <laughs> but it's just like god damn can we just mute that? Like, it's irritating as yeah. fuck. Well, but like, then, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't match what's going on on the screen, yeah. like the robot <laughs> scene. Like, there's, it's really not that exciting. Guy gets his leg broke with some rocks, <laughs> and then they do a helicopter lift. But yeah. the music is making but it like... But you think that the world is an eminent... Yeah, eminent explosion, and they're going to be engulfed in lava <laughs> at any second. Dude, it's like, it's like that scene. It's like that scene in 21 Jump Street when they're running away from shit and they're constantly waiting for things to blow up and they keep ducking down and they're like I thought for sure that would blow up and then it's like the fucking chicken truck explodes <laughs> it's that same thing dude but moving on so the domino scene right where he sets up the dominoes on the table when he's like bonding with the kids the kids applaud him when they knock over the dominoes I'm like dominoes are a kids oh, trick like fancy. why are they fucking applauding for this shit man it's uh, these not like kids grew up in a small town and they and they've never seen impressed. dominoes they are evilly, evilly jesus impressed. christ like i i grew up in a fairly sheltered environment as a kid but like <laughs> i was never this fucking sheltered you know that i wouldn't see dominoes like god damn but they they cut to the next scene they put the kids to bed and like pierce brosnan is sitting out on the porch with linda hamilton he's looking at her during this wine scene where they're sitting there and he is straight up I fucking Linda. So I have a theory about this movie. And the theory is that the volcano represents Pierce Brosnan's like blue balls. <laughs> so you see in the beginning, he like loses his, his love interest who yeah. I don't even think knew she was his love interest right. at that point. And then, you know, it's like four years later, he's doing these push-ups like crazy man. I mean, maybe the volcano is like his libido, like ready <laughs> to explode. And then he constantly gets blue balled in this movie. By the kids and the fucking people driving by in the street. He doesn't get anything by the end. And yet the volcano blows. So what does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know. It's an interesting theory, Paul. <laughs> This movie features another scene of somebody kicking delicate equipment in order to get it to work. <laughs> like, I, I, get, I get that it's a joke and that it's supposed to be funny or whatever, but I'm like, dude, if he is the guy that built it and he's like wailing on this motherfucking thing like it's his redheaded stepchild, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense that he would be doing it. I feel like he would be babying the goddamn thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't insult it. Don't even look at it. You know, like uh, sometimes she's temperamental, you know, like something like that. But like him just wailing on this motherfucking thing, like like it's Ralph yeah. Cramden like threatening his wife in the honeymooners constantly. 
doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I think I've seen so many movies where they wail on things and they work that I've done that myself. And it's actually worked once or twice. Well, you, where it's been you, a loose connector or something trick, like that. The trick that is, jolt, Paul. Like, <laughs> reseats the connector and it works <laughs> sometimes. The trick is, is that you have a fucking anger problem. That's the trick. <laughs> like, do you ever see other researchers like wailing on shit? Like other engineers mm, wailing on I shit? I have not actually, now that I think about it. So mm. maybe you have an anger problem. Maybe you should <laughs> seek therapy for that kind of shit. So here's the thing. <laughs> Why is there always a lead scientific researcher that always is a dick and doesn't listen to their quote unquote <laughs> best man in the field? It's it's like a trope in disaster movies. And I get that maybe they can't actually have the disaster by <laughs> listening to the listening. man. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like he's so fucking thick headed that I'm just like, dude, like, come on, man. <laughs> like at this at this point. Like the dude, the dude had boots on the ground and he told you that he felt a magmatic earthquake. It was very <laughs> shallow. And you're going to be like, oh, we're not going to sh- upset these people. It's going to just, oh my God, it's going to destroy the economy for 20,000 people. Fuck them, dude. Like it's 20,000 <laughs> people. It's not like this is LA and there's like 4 million people that are going to be offset by this bullshit. You know what I mean? It's 20,000 jerk offs <laughs> that live in a fucking town in Idaho. Well, First off, Gabe, it takes place in Washington. They filmed it in Idaho. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> Washington. Uh, yes, 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 yes. I'm yeah, sorry. No, it's that is the 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 maximum cliche of disaster movies where you have to have the guy who won't listen, who fights right. like tooth and nail until it, you know, bites him in the ass. And that's why he <laughs> has to die in this movie, obviously. <laughs> to come up. But, and- <laughs> but, you know, they, they do mention the, the mammoth lake thing, which was a real, real deal. Right. And so right. also Volcanology has improved to the point where they're pretty good at predicting a large eminent explosion of like a stratovolcano <laughs> type mountain. But you can actually... Well, they talk about how they have uh, tilt meters and uh, laser Lasers, rangefinders yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And you can actually, you can measure a volcano deforming as this pocket of magma is rising up. And you can tell, <laughs> like, it's like a pimple that's getting ready to pop. And so they're talking about how that evidence <laughs> isn't there yet. It's not right. <laughs> uh, conclusive. So it's a legitimate scientific argument that it's... <laughs> that Pierce Brosnan is not being evidence-based and so, is actually just operating on a hunch. Are you saying that this movie is mostly scientifically accurate besides the uh, pyroclastic cloud and them outrunning it later? I mean, that that and the the lava flows, the ball, <laughs> balsitic lava, that right, right. is not, that kind of lava flow would not be associated with a stratovolcano type <laughs> volcano. Yeah, Stratovolcanoes yeah. have higher viscosity lava right. or magma that has more silicon dioxide right. in it than like you think of Hawaiian style volcanoes, right? Those right, are right. basaltic ones. Those have really low viscosity flowing, like what's depicted in the movie. But right. So those right, wouldn't, sure. those two kinds of lava wouldn't be in the same place. <laughs> okay. So, let's, let's, otherwise it's pretty, it's pretty good. 
you know, you know what I was reading actually was that Roger Donaldson actually like wanted to be a geologist before he turned to film director. And really? he, he actually has a working knowledge of volcanoes and volcanology before he did this movie, which I think kind of sits it in this place that like somewhat yeah. it's like realistic, even though there's like unrealistic Hollywood scenes <laughs> in it. Yeah. It, no, I, I mean, it feels more rooted to reality. Yeah. I mean, all the symptoms and signs that they're talking about you know the the small tremors and everything all of that is science based right and so yeah it's actually pretty realistic <laughs> compared to you know volcano <laughs> the movie <laughs> <laughs> So the only thing that gets in the way of, this is going back to your point about Pierce Brosnan's blue balls, is that the only thing that gets in the way of this man dipping his wick when he's really going to close is volcanology. Like she gives him some water and she like turns on the tap and it's like fucking dark brown. And he's like, show me the cistern right now. I forgot that he got blue balled by that too. Well, he chose it though. You know, like, I mean, it it wasn't something, an external (laughs) force that kept him from getting it like the kids or whatever I mean, are you gonna are you gonna get to fucking win the water coming out of your tap Dude, is come like on, man. Like, how are you gonna take a shower afterward like, you don't need to take a shower paul you just splash the fucking water on your dick and you move on well, if the water is acidic and is gonna burn your dick <laughs> off then i wouldn't want to do that <laughs> but i mean he he willingly chooses this and then they move on and they go to the town's cistern and they open it up which she has a fucking key for which i don't understand like why would the mayor have the key to the water cistern but anyway she <laughs> opens got it the up. key to the city man fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> like dude i i don't know i think it's probably realistic enough that small town mayor there's probably not a lot of people aside from like the chief of police or the mayor that have keys to everything did they get this but from someone jaws <laughs> because like the mayor and dude, jaws this is like <laughs> this is jaws the volcano the movie i mean <laughs> yeah bruce the volcano <laughs> yeah <laughs> But they go they go to the town's water supply and it's tainted and like they look in the in the cistern and it's like bubbling and like it's got the fucking blue shit coming down and he can see that it's acidic dripping through the the fucking wall and it's like how do you fix that because it's days previous to them actually evacuating the town and people are just like are we to believe that people are just like drinking this shit until they actually no, leave they, I mean that's that's the last straw right when that happens they're like well town's fucked anyways so might as well get the fuck out of here right. It blows up. But let's move on to grandma for a second because <laughs> grandma grandma wants to stay up there. And you know what, dude? Like, seriously, I hate saying this toward old people, but like, fuck her, man. Like, you'd think that they would have tried the kids before in order to get her off the mountain. Like, have the grandkids call and be like, Grandma, please, and have them cry uh, and all that other idea. shit that really pulls at the but like <laughs> she's trying to call and convince her. And then like Pierce Brosnan, who she doesn't give two fucks about because she's trying to fuck or like he's trying to fuck her ex-daughter-in-law trying to get him on the phone in order to tell her to come down like put the goddamn kids on the phone they'll get grandma off the mountain like that they'll be like oh grandma i don't want to see you die start crying and shit and she would be coming down like no problem man but no they fucking sit around and they dick around but you know what i don't know old people can be very stubborn i'm just gonna put it that way that stubborn. i mean (laughs) i don't know Whenever you hear about someone who like stayed behind during a hurricane or, you know, volcano or flood, it's usually an old person. (laughs) So, (laughs) So 
the one of one of my most hated filmmaking things in this movie is that he says the word panic in the fucking town meeting and just as he says the word panic the tremor hits and the whole shit gets kicked off and i'm like seriously like does he have the power like to speak like zeus into the fucking sky and it's just lightning i don't it's such a stupid moment i love how the people like just start going apeshit crazy at that moment you watch you watch videos of like earthquakes happening in real time and people are like oh i don't want to look like an asshole and like panic so i'm just gonna act calm and slowly walk outside so i don't get crushed by this building side note i wanted to bring this up i actually wrote it in my notes but side note everybody should watch the norwegian movies called the wave and the quake it's like this duology of movies with the same actors but like the wave is about this fucking tsunami that comes flooding down the fjords of Norway toward this town that's at the back of one of the fjords. And mm-hmm. it's dope, dude. Like you gotta yeah. check that out. Uh, and the, the quake is the sequel to it. Uh-huh. Like the same guy that warned everybody about the tsunami and nobody took him seriously <laughs> is like trying uh-huh. to warn everybody about the quake and nobody's taking him seriously. <laughs> dude, the quake has this fucking set piece where I, I kid you not, like I was sweating bullets like watching the show shit but it's like this radisson hotel in oslo is like split in half and like half of the building is like cracking off and like falling off but it's like cantilevered over the edge of the building yeah and this person this kid like slides off and ends up in the cantilevered half and the dad (laughs) the dad has to like slide down and like land on the stanchions that are between the glass panels of the windows and like walk across them in order to get to the kid like oh dude it's so fucking stressful you gotta check these movies out (laughs) they're 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 not very well known obviously because they're norwegian but right you gotta check them out dude they're solid solid action right. and disaster gonna, flicks. To watch those. the wave and the quake for real <laughs> dope shit <laughs> but so going back to the suburban though like the suburban doing the badass shit in the river like fording across the river that shit is awesome man like that whole <laughs> Other other than when Linda Hamilton is like freaking out about the car slowly drifting toward them and she's like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> it's like the least scary thing ever. But that that scene of them like fording the river, I'm like, dude, I'm buying a fucking suburban with a snorkel. <laughs> when I get old it's cool, man. Like it's still yeah. a good scene for yeah, real. It's pretty badass. Uh, and they had to have, I love how they have to have an exploding gas station in the yeah. movie. Just... <laughs> just to top it off how how did the gas station actually blow up it's just like all of a sudden it's on fire and it explodes like they don't now they they set it up with few cuts of a person like refueling their car and (laughs) something like the the lights fall from the shelter or whatever over the Mm. pumps and knock the damage the the pump or something so it's like (laughs) pouring flaming gasoline all over the place and then it finally explodes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know speaking speaking of that whole moment is that i one of the scenes in this movie that i absolutely love is how the rescue rescue pilot goes down as they're driving the suburban up the mountain road <laughs> and he fucking he hits the deck and he bounces over the over suburban <laughs> Dude, you know, I laughed bad, when I saw that. as bad as it is, it's dope, man. <laughs> it's so good. No, and it's it like there's good. a lot of practical shit done in there. Like they actually crashed yeah. a fusel- fuselage on oh, a crane nice. in order to bounce it over. It's not digital. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. that's it's pretty dope. But this this and to top it off, it explodes, of course. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
but this leads me to dumb fuck moment number one okay so like the grandma situation is literally why old folks homes exist through her blatant blockheadedness for the script's sake now both the kids are in mortal danger as well as the dog good job <laughs> like you dumb fucking bitch <laughs> but all right wait before you go on how believable is it that that kid who's what like nine knows how drive to drive it? that's actually in my notes dude i'm like this kid is short man like he cannot see for fuck's sake there's no way he can see over the steering wheel <laughs> let alone like push the pedals let alone know how to guide this fucking thing like for sure the e-brake was on the whole way <laughs> 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 but it's 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 really really terrible because like this whole scene cruxes itself upon putting like some sort of emotional stake in there that the dog disappears for a while <laughs> and you think that the dog's gonna die and you're like oh my god but the kids didn't get lost for long like the kids run after grandma or the the grandma runs after the kids and five seconds later Pierce Brosnan and Linda, Linda Hamilton arrive and the kids just walk around the other side of the house like it's no big deal. I'm like, okay, yeah. great. Yeah, so what the <laughs> fuck was the point of this fucking scene, for Christ's sake? But the the researchers, dude, the researchers all want to stay put during this entire section. And I'm like, since when have researchers become... I mean, I know that it's like a trope with like Twister and shit, but I'm like, when did researchers become adrenaline junkies? That they're like... <laughs> Oh man, you know, like I can see that this is going bad, but I want to ride this motherfucker out. Like, <laughs> when did they become yeah. slim pickings riding the fucking nuclear yeah. weapon falling out of the base of the plane in Doctor Strange's love? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a uh, say there's zero chance that they would stick around after that initial explosion, especially given the proximity and the chance of a lahar flow coming down that valley right. and just destroying the town. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't stick around there might be one guy who wants to stick back because right. he is an adrenaline junkie there's a guy a volcanologist who died when mount saint helens blew because he wanted to stay there and document <laughs> it and everything like that so that's his he's actually what the the volcanology center up there is named after that's his okay name. Yeah. So, so i i actually went and stood on the spot that he was probably vaporized on when i was up there <laughs> so so that that actually leads me to a point about the lava, Paul. Like lava, liquid lava or magma or whatever is uh, is what like three, four thousand degrees that you're looking at for that kind of shit. Yeah, it's like maybe it can be two thousand degrees Fahrenheit, thousand centigrade. Right. That will melt. That will melt metal. That yep. will melt tires and cause a suburban or forest service truck to burst into flames <laughs> almost immediately. <laughs> So, no, I, I'll wait on that for a second because I want to get to that. But okay. uh, the lava, lava really will vaporize a human body because like a fucking body, like bones, I think, combust at something like 3,500 degrees or something like that when like bones turn to ash. It's a significant amount of energy that's like required in order to turn bones into ash. But yeah. It's it's one of those it's the one of the few things on earth that can actually do that that's naturally occurring that it can actually vaporize a human being which is kind of fucking mind blowing actually. But I mean it's liquid rock for Christ's sake like <laughs> it's hot it's really it's hot, hot dude hot yeah. so the I, I want to jump ahead real quick to the lake turning into acid because oh, that shit is a great tension set piece, dude. Like I yeah. love the concept concept and I love the tension it establishes without having to show progress as they're moving along until the very end. And yeah. 
It just so happens, though, that the fucking prop melts off when they're 30 feet from the shore. (laughs) That's very coincidental. And the the only fucking expendable character is grandma. And like she, you know, as much as they don't want to downplay like her sacrifice, like she's the only one that could fucking jump into it. You know what I mean? So like she jumps into the fucking lake and she drags him to shore. And I, I, dude, as much as I hate grandma, I like this moment. You know what I mean? Like it's tense. It's good shit. It's good filmmaking. I don't know how Pierce Brosnan wrapping his arm in a jacket that's going to absorb water. I I don't know that either. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's rowing the boat with his his soppy, wet, jacket-covered arm. You know, I half expected though, I have to, I have expected when they got to the shore as a kid watching this movie that I half expected to see some 80s horror movie like Melted Woman as she got out of the fucking water. I thought it was going to be like some (laughs) R-rated type shit. But like those little like surface second and third degree burns. I'm like, eh, you know, like that's not so bad, but whatever. But you know, it's it's as sad as it is to see grandma melt like a fucking pad of butter on a hot skillet. Like Fuck her, man. It's her own yeah. goddamn fault. Yeah. Like, it's seriously, there's nothing about her that like keeps you rooted in her nor makes you feel sad when she dies, but whatever. Yeah. But these kids, these kids are going to need some serious therapy after all this shit, man. Like seeing two <laughs> boiled people like lobsters and now grandma butter. Yeah, like that's a dead. lot of yeah. death, man. They're never going to want to go swimming ever again. No, never again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned it earlier, but the Wilhelm scream from the guy on the, on the bridge is just getting, bridge. dude, the bridge washing away sequence is great filmmaking again. Like it's, yeah, it's it cool. still looks good. But like I don't know. I guess the problem I have, so it looks good, uh, except for maybe the Humvees like launching off of the bridge. <laughs> that you can tell that's CG, and the edit isn't particularly good of those sequences. But then I guess the problem I have is when all the scientists are like watching Norm or whatever his name is, like holding Paul. on for dear his life. Paul. Paul. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, <laughs> Paul. But they're just like standing there, like, wow, this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty crazy shit man they yell at him to jump they keep yelling at him oh, to jump yeah. but you know he doesn't do anything because he's a fucking dickhead because <laughs> <laughs> you know when you tell this guy to do something like oh i don't know you know put the town on alert he doesn't do anything so yeah i guess they're like oh yeah well, he, he had it coming so yeah so i I want to move on for a second to the lava sequence, dude. The lava running down the hill and them driving the U.S. Forest <laughs> Service truck through the lava. I still love that yeah. shit, man. Like, no, I mean, when I watched that scene, I rewatched it last night, and I knew that it was stupid as fuck. But as they're like thinking about what they're gonna do, I'm like, well, what the fuck would I do? There's like, you could try it and probably die or you can stay on a volcano that's exploding so you know what i'm gonna go for it too i don't give a shit even if i'm gonna burn i'll burn quickly you know instead of suffocating i would go for it too man like there's nothing else that they could do i guess they could try to bomb down the hill between the trees and try to cut around the lava flow but that shit is like pretty thin you know it's like flowing down the hill pretty quickly which is what you were saying earlier about that that's actually a problem but the, the the biggest problem with that 
scene is that like beyond the metal and steel like just melting under the the heat of the lava like the gas tank is sitting right fucking there (laughs) i don't know i I don't know how many people out there are listening that have seen what happens when gas boils but when gas boils it fucking explodes from concussion it doesn't light (laughs) on fire it expands so quickly that it blows up and i'm like uh, and then once the shit. once the once the vapors expand enough to detonate, like it pushes out of whatever container it's in, and then it lights on fire because of the vapors of gas in the most violent part. That's what's actually yeah. fucking dangerous. But I'm like, dude, that truck would have blown up <laughs> so fucking quickly. <laughs> yeah, that would have actually been a deserved explosion. Oh yeah, everything else in this movie, <laughs> but going it doesn't happen. But they had to rescue the dog. Yeah. Of course they did. You know, the dog lives, man. I love that shit. You know, it's all good. I'm cool with that. Yeah. The dog jumping on it last minute. I, I well, okay, which I accepted it. Is do you think the the dog when in Independence Day, when Will Smith's wife and her kid and the dog are in the tunnel and there's the slow moving explosion <laughs> coming towards them and they find like <laughs> the door of the tunnel and right, they right. like bust it open and the dog's like leaping from car to car right, and just right. jumps the away. Fireball from the blows by <laughs> Which I, which dog escape moment is better? I like this one. I like this one better because it feels more rooted in reality. <laughs> like the fucking fireball blowing past the dog. It's it looks like shit. I'm sorry, but like Independence Day, yeah. like that visual effects plate looks like shit. You can see the dog yeah. jumping through a green screen, something or rather. Yeah. But like this movie, it it feels real, you know, because it's yeah. not so Hollywood number one and number two. Yeah it's more like rooted in something that could feel like it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) going back to John Frizzell for a second, the, uh, the composer on this, fuck you, John Frizzell, (laughs) all your scores suck. Cradle to the grave, 13 ghosts, mafia, and especially alien resurrection. Fuck you, John, (laughs) you piece of shit. But this all, this all leads me to dumb fuck moment number two. That's the, the likelihood of them driving fast enough to get free of a cloud and get jammed in the mine is really fucking unlikely. Like <laughs> Mount St. Helens, the, the, the explosion that came from Mount St. Helens traveled at 300 miles per hour. <laughs> but like this truck with burnt tires that has been splattered with lava that somehow hasn't hardened the drive shaft going 60, maybe 80 miles an hour is somehow able to outrun the cloud. Like, no, fuck you. <laughs> There's no way, dude. I think that that's the best scene in the whole movie with them <laughs> outrunning that. It feels real. Like all of the buildings and trees getting completely obliterated looks yeah. amazing. <laughs> it does. Just the tension of like, holy shit there's this giant cloud of death coming at us and we're gonna die and of course when i first saw it i totally forgot that they set up the cave or the mine or whatever right and then you see that doorway speeding toward them and you're like oh shit the cave that's right get in there man get in there so they get into the cave paul and like graham leads them to his little like hangout spot but this kid is like what like 12 11 12 years old something like that but graham graham says that he has trip chips drinks etc but where's his porno stash like i feel like kids that age mm. you know you'd have some sort of porno stash just hanging out that you'd have to slide <laughs> out of the way of his mom or whatever yeah no he probably uh very discreetly got took rid of a it. big fucking 
treasure chest of stuff. It's like, ah, oh, nothing. It's just rocks. I mean, it's really heavy, but it's in the way. Mm. I'm just going to sit on this the whole time. Really nothing interesting in this chest. But, you know, he's, he's in there. He's hanging with the kids. He tells them about, like, let's go fishing in Florida. Which, why would you go to Florida, for Christ's sake? Like, dude, this guy has been all over the world. And he says that let's take a boat out on the fucking coast of Florida and go deep sea. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Like, whatever. I mean, Florida. I mean, this. Don't forget, Linda has never even been to Portland, which is, like, yeah. two hours away. Okay. So, I mean, Florida is an exotic fucking country to them. <laughs> I feel sorry for them when they get to Florida and they realize what Florida actually is. So Harry Harry wanders through the cave, right? And he's going back in order to get Elf. And he breaks his non-dominant arm. Just just yeah. in case he needs to, I don't know, use his <laughs> dominant arm in order to do something in the truck. He breaks his non-dominant arm. But he gets in the fucking truck and the roof is caving in, right? With all those like fucking rocks. Well, by the way, down. that... that- compound fracture makeup looks pretty good it does honestly. it does yeah, and the yeah, the translucency like of the stomach. bone on yeah, the end is pretty, pretty good. yeah yeah i yeah. dig that that's good yeah but you know i mean the roof is caving in on the truck and it's really well made like this sequence is really tense and really well made yeah. but i'm like you feel the tension and you see feel the severity of a situation but tens of thousands of tons of rock are coming down on top of him on top of the truck and i'm like that shit would crush pretty quickly <laughs> once again gmc to the rescue oh man. for sure dude <laughs> but he he's in the truck and he activates elf and it activates this audible irritating sound. <laughs> i'm like they they cut to the scene later and like he's asking one of the researchers is asking grant Heslov, uh how long has this light been blinking and he says i don't know maybe a day or two and i'm like okay number one like he, it's been blinking for a day or two and like this nerd who knows what it is isn't like gonna say anything <laughs> to anybody but number two like if this has been going on for one or two days that beeping as often as it is wouldn't pierce brosman go fucking nuts and like try to eat his own leg or do something to like get away from yeah, I well i mean at that point he couldn't move anymore yeah he, he's like totally just stuck in place he probably would have suffocated but, but yeah. he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next point is like two days no food no water crushed in hood or crushed in roof you know very little air broken arm but when they pull him out his hair is fucking (laughs) (laughs) i'm like a guy Uh, a guy that's been stuck (laughs) a guy that's been stuck i mean this is this is something that goes away from the glamorous nature of this movie but it's like if he's been stuck in there for two days like he would have shit and piss all over him like (laughs) you can't control that shit especially when you're in a life or death situation like that you just go you know you'd have stain all over you that people have questions about (laughs) but the whole goddamn research crew shows up in the next scene in order to save him and i'm like i don't know you know i get the power of the redemption scene but wouldn't search and rescue really not allow a pile of the peanut gallery in order to come along like it seems like they would be extraneous at that point at the very least yeah a little extra weight for the chopper yeah sure yeah i do want to talk about this elf thing yeah all right so from a scientific perspective you have radio waves and (laughs) basically the longer the wavelength or the lower the frequency the more penetrating power the radio wave has 
So elf means extremely low frequency, I believe in this case, right? right? And this kind of technology has mainly been used for submarine communications. The, the ocean is actually uh, really hard to penetrate with uh, <laughs> radio waves. So I, I actually had a coworker who, who worked on submarines. He was in the Navy and he is an electronics technician. He's talking about how the submarines would reel out this antenna that was like, two or three miles long and drag it behind oh, them yeah, because that's, yeah, yeah. that's how long the antenna needs to be for these extremely low frequency right, right, uh, right. communication things so <laughs> i don't know how they put that two miles of antenna inside that paul, box paul 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 <laughs> It's it's NASA, bro. They figured it uh, yeah, out. Yeah, right? I, I guess they did. I guess they could have coiled it up or something. But, but I wouldn't know wouldn't that in, wouldn't that increase the uh, the induction of the fucking antenna coil and like defeat the purpose of the low frequency emission though by having an antenna that long coiled up in a box that small? It probably wouldn't work as well as a uh, really long antenna. antenna. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, beside the point here. <laughs> yeah. So when the search and rescue team shows up, they pull the truck out. Don't brace the tunnel. They just run in and, <laughs> and bam, Rachel and the kids walk out somehow miracled yeah. onto their location in the tunnel that isn't collapsed anymore. Yeah. Like, this is a thing, dude. Okay. So like, <laughs> when, when, when they dig somebody out of a tunnel, whether it's a collapsed mine or whatever, it takes days, fucking yeah. days to pull it out yeah, because man. it's like they have to prop the shit up. They have to move in. They have to dig out a little bit more, prop it up again, dig a little bit more, prop it up again. And this takes a fuck ton of people to do it yeah. but like they take a bulldozer one bulldozer <laughs> they drag that motherfucker out which you know wasn't the tunnel collapsing so wouldn't it be that the weight of the tunnel is on top of the truck <laughs> that they are pulling out that is now disappearing the fucking <laughs> support structure but they pull them out immediately after harry is out yeah and it'd be so dramatic if they had to wait around two more <laughs> days, days to get the rest of the family out <laughs> But like Harry and Linda, like Linda, I don't know, Rachel, that's her name. But Harry and Linda, they run up to each other and they kiss and they all pile on to Harry with his broken arm. But he doesn't complain. And his shit stained pants. <laughs> he doesn't complain that the kids are hugging him on the side of his body. He has the broken arm. Like there's no reference to that. Not to mention that his hair is still fucking perfect in this. But- <laughs> <laughs> but I don't here's the thing Paul I don't care how much a kid likes a potential stepfather a kid is a kid and they're still going to turn away when they see their mom kissing on somebody and say ew gross <laughs> because it's their mom macking on some dude <laughs> and like these kids are like oh how cute and they even cut to like a fucking two shot of these kids like enjoying their mom kissing and I'm like this is some weird shit I'm not into it anymore like uh, nah. I mean that means new daddy I mean maybe that they're like yeah. happy they're well, like, oh. i mean daddy that new daddy means he's gonna take them to the exotic land of florida bro <laughs> <laughs> but you know you know what's most surprising about this movie is that i don't i don't remember this from the first time that i watch it but it ends here they get on the rescue yeah. chopper and they fucking fly off into the ashy sunset and it's over and i'm like what the fuck like <laughs> I don't I don't know if it was like my brain filling in the blanks from the past 23 years since I've seen this movie but it's like I remember something happening after this I, I don't remember what it was but I, yeah it just it seems so abrupt but this is that other this is a cliche
cliche that we should have brought up in the pitch is that in disaster movies, they ha- they have to always end two and a half minutes from the resolution of the fucking problem that's <laughs> yeah. happening in the movie. Like Armageddon yeah. does it, Volcano yeah. does it, Day After Tomorrow does it, like every movie ends. Go back. Mm. I challenge every viewer <laughs> out there, go back and watch a disaster movie and time from the time that they fucking solve the problem to the credits rolling, it is two and a half fucking <laughs> minutes. <laughs> is i mean yeah what else is there to say in a disaster movie you want to fast forward them to like rebuilding the town and digging the bodies out of the rubble no you don't want to do that maybe pierce brosnan the highest note possible (laughs) (laughs) maybe pierce brosnan releasing his blue balls like a la a la uh danny danny devito and it's always sunny when he's having sex (laughs) prostitute for (laughs) for uh Lethal Weapon 5 when he's got like that really <laughs> awkward sex scene. And she's just like, just finish already. Classic TV show. If you haven't seen it so much, you gotta watch that shit. It's fucking fantastic. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so you got anything else to say about this, Paul, before I finish this up? I'll start these notes here. I'll these notes. Do, do, do. Yeah, I wrote, Grandma, you dumb bitch. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Uh, good all right so anyway <laughs> listeners that is 1997's dante's peak thank you so much for listening to that i i still dude i still stand by this movie man like i dig this movie yeah. so fucking much it's yeah i don't know why everyone hates it so much I don't except know, I don't maybe know. the cliches and see the dialogue maybe to me i i have a hobby of geophysics volcanology i love earthquakes all that shit i've been been actually i have an obsession that is an obsession because i've been to way too many volcanoes around the world <laughs> like i don't know why but so it doesn't the dialogue doesn't sound bad to me it sounds real right. like what scientists would say but maybe to someone who isn't first in those terms it just sounds like a bunch of techno bullshit it doesn't sound like techno bullshit to me and i don't follow (laughs) geology so yeah all right well i think that was one of the main complaints that people have that the dialogue sucks i mean this isn't the core where they just throw (laughs) random technological speak out there Mm-hmm. <laughs> so real quick i wanted to bring up my sandwich beef for this week oh yeah <laughs> so this is this is unrelated to dante's peak because they don't need any sandwiches in this movie but i want to talk i want to talk about beef bacon paul you know what beef bacon is no i've never heard of it so halal deli is in new york a halal deli if you don't know what it is it's a uh it's a muslim friendly deli meaning that they don't have pork products in their deli so like oftentimes on the outside of the the building they will say a halal deli on the outside Uh, but beef bacon is bacon that is taken from the underside of the cow the same place that a pig is taken from but halal delis don't carry pork but for their bacon they slice off this like same portion of the fucking cow which is taken from the same part as the pig but the problem is the beef doesn't have the same fat content as a pig belly so by definition the tender white slash pink meat that comes from the pork's belly and the tremendous fat from the pigs being fat fuck don't transfer to beef so beef is a red meat whereas pork is a pink slash white meat but when the fat from beef isn't rendered properly as it is with bacon you're left with a strip of nasty brown shit that's like more akin to jerky with uncooked fat on it so imagine like a nasty piece of jerky with a big piece of fat on it that's not rendered properly and that's beef bacon but that's not bacon motherfucker like that (laughs) 
And the worst, the worst part of it, of it is, is that a lot of halal delis in New York that are halal, some halal delis don't actually list their halal. So like you go in there and you order a bacon, egg and cheese or whatever, and you get this thing with this fucked up meat that isn't bacon in it. <laughs> and you're sitting there and you're chewing on it. And it, 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 I mean, we used to joke about it every time we got bacon, egg and cheese, me and my friends in New York about that it's goat egg and cheese, right? Like it's a hard piece of goat. It's not actually bacon. It's not listed as beef bacon at the delis. It's just listed as bacon. And don't fucking lie to me like that, man. Like that's just a fuck. You're making, you're taking my money and you're shitting down my throat. Like it's ridiculous. But that is my mm. sandwich beef for this week is oh, that man. fucking delis in New York need to get their shit together. And if they're serving beef bacon, they need to say it's beef bacon because it's not fucking pig bacon, man. And that's a big problem that I have. Yeah. You know, it's sad. So when I I was watching this movie it takes place in my home state of washington and everything like that and right. i was like well what's what what what's gabe gonna do for a sandwich beef <laughs> and like thinking about it i don't think seattle has a sandwich Original sandwich yeah it's kind of it's kind of sad. I don't think they have one. What's just, the uh, what's the regional delicacy in Seattle or in uh, uh, salmon? Salmon. Uh, I was gonna say That's, gooey. I was gonna say gooey ducks, but I mean everything is salmon related here. But I don't think there's like a salmon sandwich. sandwich? I wouldn't need a salmon yeah. salmon sandwich. <laughs> I guess you could get like a salmon burger, salmon patty, or something, but. Yeah. Yeah, no, Seattle needs to get its shit together and get a good sandwich. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if anyone lives in Seattle, you can like <laughs> tell me where to go and get a decent sandwich. But. I mean, just, just Googling it real quick, they said that you need to go to the Gooch or you need to get the Gooch at Honey Hole Sandwiches off of 703 Pike Street in Seattle. The Gooch, huh? Yeah, but it says huh. uh, the Gooch, which is thin slice tri-tip red onion sharp cheddar horseradish mayo and a juice on the side so it, it's like a it's like a french dip slash uh philly cheesesteak all right I I that could be good i don't know if that's regional but i mean that the sandwiches that are bringing up on this aren't really that interesting i mean these are these yeah. are good looking sandwiches but this is shit that you can get anywhere roast right, beef right, ham yeah. turkey swiss the deluxe sandwich yeah, see, exactly. We don't have an original sandwich. I mean, I think we have a, a Seattle dog, which is a, just a hot dog with some fucking cream cheese on it or something like that. I don't even know how that's <laughs> Dude, Seattle oh, dog. But. Fuck me, man. Like, so that one, I love, I love sushi. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I yeah. absolutely love sushi. We've but, got like, some good sushi in Seattle for sure. But like, Philly rolls are something that should never exist no, in the history of salmon. That's like, nasty. That is disgusting. Putting cream cheese in a fucking roll. Yeah, like my wife that. loves Philly rolls, and I'm just yeah. like, get the fuck. <laughs> just the texture alone, it's like yeah. sticking something really nasty and creamy in your mouth. <laughs> and I'm not into it, man. I just don't. Uh, yeah. I can't. Do uh, it. I will say that Seattle does have its own kind of style of pizza. Okay. Which is it's like this really thin doughy chewy crust <laughs> and then you put all this weird shit on top right like what's you weird know, kale or i don't know kale oh, what salmon. the fuck congratulations <laughs> I mean, you can put whatever you want seattle, but it's ruined pizza you dumb motherfucker <laughs> it's it's the crust that makes it a seattle pizza 
you know okay so i don't know we've got know, our I mean, own our own Se- style I as far know. as i know about seattle it's all about the coffee uh yeah seattle's got its coffee and teriyaki is pretty kick-ass teriyaki. like yeah there's all kinds of little hole-in-the-wall places with uh really good I mean, teriyaki but that, i mean it's sugar a- chicken but it's delicious <laughs> nonetheless <laughs> that has a lot to do with seattle having like a huge asian pot oh yeah no yeah all the there's lots of different chinese japanese food that's really good probably some of the best in the country but i mean uh, I, I had a lot of good food when i was in seattle but i i don't remember like a regional thing that no. really struck me salmon that's it yeah. that's what we got <laughs> that's <our thing. laughs> so next week paul you know i mean I don't want to go back to something that is easy pickings, but like you just saw Ballistic X versus Sever, which right. is a fucking horror show. Of a movie. It is. It is horrendous. It is horrendous. <laughs> that's one of the few. That's one of the few that I can point to that I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, what the <laughs> fuck happened? Yeah. And like having it directed by a guy that goes by the name Chaos. Like, you're only. <laughs> you're only hoping to uh, fuck shit up yeah no that that's a good one i really want to do phantom of the opera or a musical any musical just to mix up the genre a little bit all right look this is and, this is you know we could tie it into joel schumacher and make fun <laughs> of his movie being a piece of shit so joel schumacher is dead man you can't I'm, make fun of <laughs> With musicals, I have a very unpopular opinion, and that's that 90% of all musicals suck, okay? And I will say that personally, I think the West Side Story is a piece of shit movie. Like, I have a big oh, man, West Side Story. What the fuck? And I know that that's like very... <laughs> I know that that's a very controversial opinion because West Side Story is one of those movies that you're not supposed to shit on because it's a classic. (laughs) But like, I'm not into it, man. And a two hour and 34 minute movie (laughs) of a musical, like that's a lot for me to swallow. I don't care what. It's like, uh, oh, dude, the the Hugh Jackman Les Mis. Jesus Christ. Like bad. Two hours and 43 minutes of fucking misery. Like, God damn that movie. What's her name? She won an Oscar. Yeah, Hathaway. Watch that scene. You're like, what the fuck just happened? Like, seemed like completely out of place to that movie (laughs) for some reason. I mean, her, her, that's her Oscar moment for sure. And she's great in that scene. But like you said, but that's the only scene in that movie. In, in, in the in the entire like in the entire length of that movie that scene does real feel really out of place and like the yeah. fact that they still claim that that movie is somehow recorded live that the actors were actually performing that shit i'm like get the fuck out of here like <laughs> eddie redmayne is like leaning over the dying corpse of like his girlfriend or whatever in that movie and he's singing and he's right next to her and rain is coming down on them and he doesn't sound off access oh, yeah, and i'm like that is sound that yeah. is physically impossible to have a microphone <laughs> that close to another transmitter next to another body with rain elements and it sounds perfectly crystal clear like yeah. that is some fucking wizardry if i've ever seen <laughs> 
it can't possibly be real. On top of the fact that the DP of that movie decided to shoot like shoot the whole movie wide open, and there's that weird like steady cam scene where Hugh Jackman comes out of the 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 church and he like wanders up to the mountaintop and like there's that long steady cam shot, and the whole thing like ninety percent of it is out of focus because the poor focus puller is sitting there trying to pull a wide open lens. <laughs> <laughs> like an 85 millimeter wide open lens yeah. he's trying to pull this shit and then there's that scene where like uh, Russell Crowe's body falls off of the bridge and it makes that weird like splatter sound in the water and I couldn't not laugh during that moment even though it's supposed to be a big moment that's another thing like <laughs> We could do Ricky O. Ricky. Oh <laughs> Ricky O. There's there's a lot of love in my heart for Ricky oh O, but I, I don't like Ricky O as a whole, to be honest with you. Oh man, I love that movie. <laughs> Every scene is perfect in its own horrendous way. <laughs> That's not something that I would watch again, to be honest with you. Like I will sit down and I will watch Ichi the Killer all day, every day, over watching Ricky O. But I don't know, man. Like I, I, I really kind of want to do a revisit of Hollow Man because with Invisible Man being out recently, yeah. I actually like the new Invisible Man movie and the way that Paul Verhoeven fucks that movie up <laughs> is pretty astounding, actually. Yeah. But like between Hollow Man and Showgirls, and I'm gonna even throw Starship Troopers in there, even though you love that yeah. movie. Like Paul Verhoeven has fuck some shit up over <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> like robocop and total recall i think are unimpeachable in a lot of ways because they're yeah. just like these classic actioneer movies from the early 80s or 90s and it's it's okay but like showgirls that killed the career of so many people yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we need to find like a really, really bad drama beyond movies like The Room yeah. or something like that. Yeah, Geely. Ge- oh God! Like <laughs> that movie is that a comedy? I don't even. I've never seen it. It's so. it's it's supposed to be a comedy, but it's played in such a. I mean, it's the same director that did um, Scent of a Woman, so it's played yeah. in a lot of that same sort of way. Yeah. But Al, Al Pacino is fucking terrible in that movie, and yeah, that movie He's had almost, a lot of shit movies too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that movie that movie almost ended brad or i'm sorry that movie almost ended ben affleck's career yeah, for like, sure. that was hard for him to come back from that and i'm, yeah. I'm actually surprised that he did because oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> i love scent of a woman as much as the next guy but and i love midnight run and i yeah. love beverly hills cop and i love oh, meet Shelly joe black Dimitri. but he did Gigli and it's like poor <laughs> is he done and everything anything since then? no Gigli is oh. the last movie that he did yeah. fucking 17 did he, years ago did he kill himself afterwards <laughs> no he's he's still very much alive but he, <laughs> he, he is not uh, currently making movies like Gigli was the last thing that he produced the last thing that he directed the last thing that he wrote like he no. has not done anything since then and it's kind of crazy actually that's that's actually a perfect movie to talk about because it killed his career yeah all right yeah, let's see that one <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching it and having right. a massive dump on my toilet so. uh, dude I I'm not joking when I say that you're going to take two or three days just trying to recover from Geely because it's so, <laughs> it's so bad. 
So thank you guys for hanging with us once again. Like, comment, subscribe, all that shit. Comment some movies, you know, suggest some shit for us in order to look at, see if there's uh, something out there that you want to have a shit on. Once again, you cannot <laughs> touch No Country for old, for old Men, There Will Be Blood, or The Assassination of Jesse James. Those are three <laughs> movies you cannot touch for any reason. But Paul, is there any others that you want to add to that list? I don't know. I can't think of any right now. <laughs> I mean Schindler's List, obviously that goes without saying. Like you can't, you can't tell me yeah, to shit on Schindler's List. That, it's pretty hard to do that. <laughs> so all that being said, thank you guys for hanging out, and until next week, I am Gabriel Chavez, and I am Paul Schindler. Good night, guys. Thank you. Good night.